podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Carly Sharon. And I'm your co-host, Megan. And we're here today with Hossein. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so to get started, can you just tell us a little bit, uh, an overview of your project? So um, in my project, I'm trying to see if uh, Black Uterus spiders use their posture in aid of their perception to better sense their surroundings and particularly better detect their prey of interest. So uh, yeah, it's a behavioral study and um, I'm using some um, capturing techniques to uh, capture the spider's locomotion and behavior. And then I generate 3D reconstruction of their postures to see if they will behave differently and uh, in particular ways when they're exposed to um, prey stimuli. And so could you tell us a little bit more about the the posture aspect of your research? Because I found that very interesting and really something I don't know about and I don't think a lot of people know about. Yeah. So um, black widow spiders um, use the vibrations that they receive to sense their environment and sense the vibrations of the prey that uh, is struggling, that might be struggling in their webs. So um, they detect these um, so these vibrations travel through the spider's body and cause joint bending. And these joint bendings are uh, captured by their sensors that are located at their joints. It's, they're called lyriform organs. And um, I, I don't want to go into the details of the organs, but uh, they'll, they'll pick up these, they will sense these vibrations using their organs, using these organs located at their joints. And research, uh, like recent research in 2018, uh, from the, Dr. Uh, Matri and colleagues has shown that um, the posture that the spider is adopting actually affects how much each and every joint of the spider bends when they're exposed to vibrations. And therefore, the mechanical body of the spider affects how much these joints bend and therefore affects the probability of sensation of those vibrations for the spiders. So now that now that we know that um, the the mechanical body and the posture of the spider can affect their sensation of vibrations. I want to see whether they will use this feature of their body uh, and their posture to better sense the vibration. So my study is um, at behavioral level. That's really interesting. So I'm curious. Um, you say they sense the vibrations. Do spiders not have a good sense of like vision or smell? And do they like do this to to compensate for that, or do you know? Yeah. So. Um, they are more or less um, unimodal um, animals. So they use uh, vibrations mainly to detect uh, the prey in their environment or mate. So they use uh, vibrations as a means of communication. Uh, so for example, like as humans, we might use vision. I mean, we do use vision, most of us. Um, <laughs> and um, for example, when someone's uh, walking to you uh, from distance and you see them, their picture, uh, getting bigger and bigger you don't say that like uh, the person is becoming larger and larger you say that the person is become like coming closer closer to you so what spiders use um, to sense their environment is not their vision because black widow spiders have poor vision they can only tell like if there's light or no light but uh, they use vibrations particularly to uh, detect their surroundings. So, for example, small prey produce high-frequency vibrations, and larger prey um, produce low-frequency vibrations. 
And depending on the amplitude of these and how loud they are, which is equivalent to the picture of someone getting closer to you, getting bigger and bigger, they, they're able to detect and say, okay, how far this prey is or whether they're getting closer to the prey or not. So I'm, I'm interested in the, the vibrations like you're talking about with the, the yeah. prey detection. Um, my question kind of is more, is this like bats with echolocation in, in a sense, in, in that sort of way? Um, to be honest, I don't know much about bats. So uh, yeah, that's uh, so my uh, so this is this what else will be interesting. Uh, so my my background is in engineering. Um, so um, my undergrad was in mechanical engineering. Then in my masters, I did sports engineering, and then I joined uh, Dr. Natasha Matra's lab, which does interdisciplinary work. So um, I've only been in biology department for uh, one and a half years now. So I don't, I don't have a strong biology background. So I would love to know more about bats too, but yeah. Um, so I'm curious, you said your background's in engineering. What got you interested in more of a bio biological project like this? Yeah, so um, um, I did my master's in sports engineering um, in the UK at Sheffield Hallam University. And um, in there I was using um, IMUs as well as like uh, I use our initial measurement units that you can attach to uh, like athletes or patients or participants to capture their movement. And um, I was also using cameras to capture um, the, the runners. So I analyzed biomechanics and locomotion of a wide range of runners. And I was um, studying their running technique and then um, when I was uh, looking for PhDs, I saw um, a very interesting study um, in University of Manchester in the UK that they were launching and they were trying to study biomechanics of jumping spiders and how they jump, how they land, how the force is like transferred through their body and like how basically these animals perform jumps. Then I was, then I was like, I got really interested in this field. I was like, wow, um, this is really interesting. They use um small scale analysis uh, as as opposed to the large scale large scale analysis that I was doing they use like um like smaller cameras and everything so then I looked into labs that do these kind of um studies and I found Dr. Matra's lab and I talked to her and um yeah uh, the conversation started there and um yeah Dr. Matra was like uh, we are also going to launch a study to study biomechanics and locomotion of uh, like spiders. I think you would be a good fit. So that's how I, I got interested in this field. That's that's really interesting. Um, I'm since we're talking about the type of the locomotive research that you've been doing. Um, yeah. I just kind of like to hear a little bit more about that, if if you can elaborate on that. I know you yeah. said you were doing three D markerless uh, tracking yes, yes. on the spiders. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I'm capturing um, the black hero spiders walking on their webs using uh, three high-speed video cameras, capturing from three different angles. And um, I'm using uh, deep learning and neural networks to train a neural network, which is able to track the points of interest uh, to me on the spider's body, which are their joints. Um, so you manually label 
the few thousand frames that you've captured from each of these um, camera angles. And then a neural network will be trained, which is able to track your points of interest on any new video that you feed to the network. So this is how it works. So this is how the 2D tracking works. So I will be able to 2D track from each camera angle. Then I will do um, 3D tracking and I will do triangulation of these points captured synchronously from, from each camera angle to generate a 3D reconstruction of, 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 the, uh, of the spider. So the posture that I was talking about is actually like all of the joint angles of the animal at each instance in time. So all the joint angles together will create the posture of the animal um, in that instance in time. So I'm curious, but you're doing this assay and you're, you're studying their movement and their 3D locomotion. Sorry if I got yeah. that terminology wrong. Um, yeah, but I'm just correct. curious, so when you actually set up this, I'm assuming you do some kind of assay with the spider, like do you expose them to different prey? Like what is your kind of experimental setup there when you're doing these measurements? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So in the first chapter, I want to see, uh, first of all, how they walk just on their webs um, with, with no vibrations from the prey present on their webs um, to see at the variation in the joint angles and to see their, the postures that they acquire just when they're walking on their webs. And then in the second chapter, I will be capturing the spiders when I... Um, uh, when it generates vibrations of prey on their webs to see whether they will do something differently as opposed to when they were walking in absence of prey vibrations to then decide on um, and then conclude on whether they're actually using their posture to focus their attention on the prey vibrations that they're exposed to. So will they do something differently? Are they using their postures in a different way when they're exposed to prey compared to when there's no prey vibrations present. Um, that's how I'm going to answer my question. So then, okay, I, I have a bit of a, not I hope too complex question, but you mentioned the posture. And again, I'm going to circle back to that. Is there, can you describe the type of postures that they, they take? And then like the differences that you've mentioned that if you see if they um, do something different, can you kind of describe the postures that you've seen them do? I'm kind of interested to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, there are different kind of postures that um, uh, that the black eared spiders might might adopt. They might have their natural posture, which they're just hanging in their webs with their legs like comfortably extended, not too extended, but not also uh, very flexed. They have their crouch posture where they're flex um, the legs. And uh, I wish I could pick, show pictures <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> but I don't think that's um, possible. But, um, and also they have their drop abdomen posture. Um, so these postures are uh, being seen mostly, but they've been, uh, but, but what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do is to quantify these actually um, and to see and, and to like, um, separate the postures and categorize the postures by quantifying them using the joint angles that they're adopting at each instance in time from each trial that I'm capturing from the spiders. So there might be more postures that we don't know about. And 
yeah, quantifying that will help me isolate those two. I'm curious, is there a particular reason you're studying Black Widows? Like, do all spiders kind of have this behavior? Or is this specific to Black Widows? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So um, one of the main reasons that uh, I'm studying Black Widows is that we have a multibody dynamics model of the Black Widow spider uh, built in 2018 by Dr. Natasha Matri and colleagues, uh, who is my supervisor. So uh, because we had the model, what the model allow, allow us to do is to um, regenerate regenerate the observed postures in the model and then you play vibrations to the mechanical model of the spider's body and it will give you the joint bending for each of the spider's joints so for example if a spider is uh, if, the, if the spider is in posture a i can regenerate the posture that i extract from the trials and regenerate that in the model, play vibrations to it, and see which joints are bending most, and i.e. which joints have higher probability of picking up those vibrations, which might be the spider's key joints. Then I'll compare that to the posture B, for example, and then I'll be able to see whether posture A is better for sensing large prey vibrations, which are a low frequency vibrations or posture uh, B uh, for sensing large prey vibrations. So I'll be able to compare between uh, these postures to see um, which which one suits better for the spider's perceptual needs. And I'd be curious because this is a really interesting topic, and the research you're doing is is really cool. Frankly, um, when you sent in your summary of this, I was I was really intrigued. I'd like to know what the real world application is, is for doing these studies on the spiders. Like what is the real world application for it? Yeah, so um, locomotion of um, spiders or um, other arthropods and insects have been studied, have been studied on uh, when they're walking on the ground previously or when they were walking on water, but um, different kind of species, obviously, but um, no spider, no web dueling spider walking on webs, their locomotion have been quantified. So I'm trying to quantify the locomotion when they're walking on their webs and um, locomotion of these hanging spiders and eight-legged spiders could be used to design microscale robots and how they carry their um, uh, center of mass, which is located in their abdomen when they're hanging from the webs. And also um, we, we could use, um, so as I said, spiders use uh, vibration sensors located at their joints. We can also use those information to uh, design bio-inspired robots, which are able to sense their surroundings using their joints only and not vision. So this, is, this might also be uh, another application. Um, yeah, and also um, other, um, reasons for studying this uh, are like the evolutionary and ecology point of view of these, uh, which you guys are uh, more familiar with than me <laughs> compared to me. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I was going to ask the same question, like what I was going to ask if there was any connection to kind of human health, but that's so neat with the, the robots. That's so cool. Um, so this is kind of a pretty simple question. I'm just curious, is your PhD in biology or are you in 
engineering like this seems just like such a mixing of the two two fields I'm just curious yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, good luck to me then <laughs> for the rest of my PhD but um yeah so so I'm in I'm in biology department mm -hmm. and um I'm doing like I'm not in engineering department my uh, project is an interdisciplinary project at Dr. N Dr. Matcher's lab mm -hmm. I'm in biology okay cool yeah no that's that's really that's that's really interesting um I guess okay I'm gonna go back to robots because that that really was was cool and and maybe you could tell us a little bit about like when you say these microscale robots that can sense using yeah. their joints where do you know where that would be applicable like where would they use that i haven't uh thought about this actually um but i've seen for example uh microscale robots that uh, that are by inspired from um, jumping spiders for example and um um they've designed those and um they've, they've designed those based off what they saw in jumping spiders so jumping spiders are able to uh, jump long distances for example um i don't know i i forgot the number but um maybe eight times their body length for example something like that so which would be equivalent to a human um jumping the length of a school bus with no run up, like just standing still and jumping. Yeah, they generate um, crazy amount of force compared to their body mass and size. So yeah, they studied those and were able to generate, um, were able to design those uh, microscale robots. And hopefully uh, in the future, <laughs> my research can help in designing um, hanging robots, which are able to also sense the environment with their joints. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool to see. Um, I'm curious. So when you work with these spiders, like, are you like holding them and handling them? And does that not like freak you out in the slightest? <laughs> so um, we, we use um, like forceps and pain brushes. And these spiders are um, uh, we, we keep them in containers. So at the beginning, it was a bit <laughs> I was a bit um, like um, clumsy with them. And uh, I was kind of also um, like a little bit scared of spiders too because <laughs> I haven't been working with animals um, in my masters or like in my undergrad. So it was my first experience. Everything was new. Uh, in the beginning, I was it, it was something very new and um, I had to get used to it. But uh, we don't touch them because um, they can bite you and they can be poisonous. Um, if they do bite you, you're not gonna uh, like die at the very spot, but uh, you might have to uh, go to the hospital and um, spend some time recovering from that because it could, it could cause you like heart problems and stuff. So we try to use um, um, lab coats, uh, gloves and everything, and also handle them using uh, paint brushes and just glide them from the container onto the frames for capturing and then from the frames onto the containers into the containers yeah just a quick follow-up question are they are they big like i have no concept of what size a black widow spider is yeah so they're like um they can be i'm looking at my finger trying to calculate <laughs> and uh, say something in um a measurable scale maybe like i don't know 
four centimeters. They're not that big. Okay. They're like, yeah, they're That's like, that's big enough. yeah, um, yeah, I would say so, but, but they don't vary that much in their size. Like uh, when, when they, when they mature, um, they're more or less the same size. Like their abdomens can um, be bigger or smaller, but there's not uh, too much of a difference uh, when you look at them, yeah. And you said that you carried them with a paintbrush. Is that is that correct? Yeah, like, yeah, yes. So, okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, you were asking how I do it, like, how yeah, I exactly... yeah, I, yes, so, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I don't exactly carry them. So I, uh, for example, we have them in uh, small containers and when I want to capture the spider, I have to put them on the frames, right? Um, so I will have to put the spiders on the frames and give them enough time to make their own webs and then capture them walking on their webs. So the way I do it is that I will hold the containers close to the frames that I've made. And then I will, I will use the paintbrush to poke them out of the container and hope that the spider is going to actually grab the frame and not anywhere else. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how I um, try to do this. Yeah. And I have a quick follow-up question to that, yeah. if you don't mind, because you're goading, yeah. you're goading the spider out. Like, come on, let's go, let's get out. Exactly. How long yeah. does it take for them to spin a web? I was just gonna ask the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, as soon as we put them on the frames, um, some of them start walking around, getting familiar with their environment. They're trying to touch everywhere because they can't see. They'll walk around and, they, and then they will start making their webs. So sometimes like the next day you come and there's already like five threads there. And um, usually we give them like 10 days to build their full web. It doesn't take that much time. Sometimes you come after three days and you're like, Wow, there's like the base has made, and like uh, the spider has uh, been working properly. Yeah. So I'm curious when I asked about the size, you mentioned that once they mature, like there isn't much variation in their size. I'm curious, have you thought about age at all in your study? Like, are you looking at how their posture changes, like as they age, and if that changes at all, or? Yeah. So um, if I want to speak very scientifically, their abdomen size can vary like i was saying that for uh, like someone just looking at spiders but like uh, like but but if you want to quantify that um their abdomen their abdomen size can vary and especially when they're full they have bigger abdomen size uh but their leg segments and but their leg lengths um do not vary a great deal it's only one percent between the whole population so their leg sizes are the same so that's that, and um, I'm only studying uh, mature black widows, and I'm not um, looking at um, other instars of um, black widow spiders in my study, but that would also be a interesting thing to look at. So for example, um, because previous instars, in previous instar spiders might be, I mean, will be smaller, they might have different resonance frequencies and therefore they might be sensitive to different vibrations and there might be differences in their behavior but i'm not totally sure but in my study i'm, I'm using female mature black widow spiders and okay so you're using female mature black widow spiders so i don't know it this might 
this might be a very simple question. I'm not sure, but um, I imagine these spiders reproduce, right? So yeah. have you have you had instances of, I guess, testing pregnant black widow spiders? Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, so we have a colony uh, in our lab. We're breeding the spiders ourselves. Um, I, I think currently we have um, 623 spiders, something like that in our lab. Yeah, you guys are welcome to uh, come to our lab and pick them anytime that you want. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we also breed them. So we are tracking which animal is pregnant and which is which animal is not. So currently I'm only using um, like n- not mated females. And uh, we also do breed them and uh, we're, we're, we're at, our, at our third generation in the lab. Um, so yeah, uh, it would be interesting to see how, um, and a black widow being pregnant and therefore being heavier and having a larger abdomen, uh, and whether that will affect, uh, their vibration perception and the postures that they adopt, that would be also interesting to look at. So I'm curious, you're using just females. That seems to be like the opposite of every other study in biology they usually use male animals whatever animal they're studying what's the reason for using females so um one reason is that um so the model that we had in the lab is uh, it's based on black widow females and also um females usually usually make webs and um males are not as web dueling as females so males try to find uh webs and territories of of females and uh, try to attract them and do the courtship dance and try to mate with them but if you put a male on a frame um, they're not going to make really nice dense webs uh, as much as females so and also uh, black widow males are very very much smaller so it'd be, it would be also harder to capture them using cameras. So um, I don't know the percentage, percentage, but they're very, very smaller than um, than like the females. They, they can be like half a centimeter long in total compared to the females, which are very much bigger. I guess that explains why, why we call them black widow spiders because the male doesn't have the ability to eat the female, um, but the females are big enough and strong enough to do so. <laughs> that is all super cool. And I wish we could keep talking about this, but unfortunately we're just about out of time. So thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking with us. Um, if anyone wants to learn more about your research, uh, do you have a website or a social media or email that they can reach out to you? Yeah, thank you very much for um, the time and having me on the podcast. So um, I have Twitter account. They can feel free to do, reach out. My um, ID is um, HOSS underline ASG. So you can find me on Twitter and I would be more than happy to answer any questions or think of any potential collaborations and stuff. Thank you so much for being here. This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Carly, and my co-host was Megan. We've been speaking with Hossein, and this episode was produced by Jordan. If you'd like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, you can email us 
at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at gradcastradio. To listen to us, we are on Radio Western 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at gradcast.ca or on podcast apps such as Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Select podcasts have also been uploaded to YouTube at Gradcast Radio. Thank you for listening and have a great night.